Hello everyone, it's Dr. Carrie Yerke here for True North Practice Management. And today we have a special guest, it's Stephen Timer, a financial planner with IG Wealth Management, a Penticton Wine and Country Chamber of Commerce Ambassador, a father of two girls, a fiance, and a local volunteer. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. Stephen, can you tell me a little bit about what you do? So kind of in a nutshell, I provide a simpler, more personal op option for managing your finances and achieving your goals while helping you earn money and just as importantly, keep more of your hard-earned money. Oh, sounds good. So you work for IG Wealth Management. Tell me a little bit more about IG and, and where you were before. Yeah, certainly. So um, IG Wealth Management, previously known as Investors Group, has been around for almost 100 years serving Canadians. And uh, previously, I was with um, one of the major banks. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, partnered with IG. Basically, you know, the old way of handling your finances is a thing of the past. Uh, I believe that, you know, gone are the days when you'd have to wait in line at the bank to speak to someone who may or may not have your best interests in mind. Uh, the future of wealth creation and wealth management is about having a dedicated advisor who has studied not only in investments and insurance, but also behavioral psychology, tax planning, estate planning, business development strategies, and more. You know, I've witnessed firsthand the inherent faults of the business models of other, others in the financial service industry. Uh, and I've gladly joined IG Wealth Management and I can proudly say it's the only investment dealer in Canada has an education mandate for their staff. And as well, the only one that I know of whose advisor compensation is tied directly to uh, our client's success, but also the satisfaction of our clients uh, based on surveys we do. And, you know, Stephen, we work with a lot of uh, doctors and therapists and students who are going to graduate soon. They often ask me, when is a good time to get insurance? Can you answer that question for them? Yeah, definitely. It's something that comes up all, all the time. Um, when you love someone or you owe someone. Kind of my, my simple way, way of putting that. Um, if, you, if you have somebody that you care about, um, whether that's yourself, that you want to protect, um, it's a good time to get insurance. Or if you owe money now or in the future, it's a good time to get in insurance. And some of these um, students, or even the younger doctors and therapists that have just graduated, you know, they've worked really hard over the years getting a good education. I mean, that's a big accomplishment for them. Some of them have spent mm -hmm. tens of thousands, even a couple hundred thousand dollars on their education. Now they've graduated, they've got their license. So when is a good time to get disability insurance? So, um, um, again, it sort of goes back to the, the, the love, love someone or owe someone. Um, you want to insure against that risk. Um, like you said, uh, medical students and a lot of professionals, they put a, a lot of time, uh, energy and money into, um, you know, learning their craft and, and becoming licensed and having a practice. And, and you want to protect that, um, especially with the insurance, you know, that's, that's protecting yourself. Um, you know, we have insurance for vehicles, property insurance, uh, renters have tenant insurance. I bought my uh, youngest daughter a tablet uh, recently, and of course they asked, 
you know, do you want that uh, two-year warranty p- program? And, you know, what I say? Yes. She's going to throw milk at it or something. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you, you want to have uh, insurance to protect that. Um, with disability insurance, you know, it's also really important that you personally own that uh, disability insurance as opposed to, you know, like a group plan that some employers may have uh, when you're a professional starting out, uh, you know, you are the business. How about life insurance? Uh, sometimes the students, the doctors, uh, therapists are asking me, um, do I really need life insurance? And, and when should I get it? And how much should I have for coverage? Right. Yeah, that's good questions there, both, uh, both of those. Um, well, life insurance, permanent life insurance, that is, it's the only insurance uh, covered with a 100% payout rate. Um, there's two things in life that are certain, death and taxes. So, you know, if you have a policy, a permanent life insurance policy, then you know, um, you know, it's, it's guaranteed to pay out eventually. Um, now, when it comes to how much to get, which is kind of a more harder question to answer, it varies quite a bit from person to person. Um, and often it is more life insurance than people um, expect if they don't have experience with that. Now, uh, there's not really a simple answer for how much life insurance you should have. What I do um, and what all insurance providers should do is do a needs analysis. So that is when you factor everything in from you know, the size of your family, uh, your income, your expenses, your debts, the dynamic of your family, what's important to you, who's important to you. Uh, one way I like to put it is, you know, I ask people, uh, what's the most valuable thing uh, to you? What, what is the most valuable thing in your life? And nine, nine times out of 100, I get one of two answers, my house or my vehicle. And though those two things are often valuable, the most valuable thing you have is your ability to earn an income. So say you have somebody who's, you know, 30 years old, maybe making $80,000 a year, starting out. Um, they plan on working till 65. So a little quick math, that's, you know, 35 more years at $80,000. Uh, $2.8 million is now what you'd be earning, you know, at that rate of pay constant for that time. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any 30-year-old making $80,000 a year who owns a free and clear $2.8 million home vehicle. Um, but the number of people who are uninsured or underinsured in Canada is just astronomical. Yeah, I know at one point we were talking about uh, many Canadians are underinsured, and I think you gave me some statistics that around 75 to 90% of Canadians are underinsured, and 50% Mm -hmm. of Canadians with dependents have no insurance at all. Is that correct? Yeah, Carrie, you you remembered that. Um, bang on, that is what it is. Um, there's there's varying studies, and they you know describe about the situation people are in, but it's a huge number. Like you said, seventy five to ninety percent of Canadians are underinsured, and um, one of the things that's equally as scary as that number is almost half of the re- respondents to these surveys who do have insurance again only have group coverage. Mm with group coverage is that it's it's not yours you don't own it so if you were to change your your role or work for a different company then you're going to have to go and requalify and and requalifying may not just be as simple as doing an application um like when i talk about 
you know, the soon, when you should get insurance, uh, it, comes, it comes up when and how much. Um, you want to get it that, so you have it before you need it uh, so that it's there when you do need it. Because right. you need it, it, it's too late to get it. Right. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Now, as far as investing, you know, we were talking about students and I find most have student debt, but I've talked to some students and, and young professionals that have been fortunate enough to either have family that's helped them, uh, they don't have any student debt, maybe they've been working uh, throughout school, and so now they're starting without any debt, and as they start working and, and making an income, they need to put that money somewhere, so uh, what would you advise them as far as when should they start investing, um, and, and how could you help them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, important important questions there. I'm sure it's on a lot of people's mind. Um, so, when it comes to student debt or, or any debt, um, and those, those with or without debt, I would say the answer is is kind of the same. You know, everyone's situation is different. Um, but my answer is basically absolutely. Um, you you should be investing. And, and what that looks like is, again, going to be different to person to person. Um, student debt does usually have a pretty low interest rate. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. Most um, students are saying about 4 or 5%. 4 or 5%. Yeah. So, you know, not, not too low, but, uh, you know, better than a credit card. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, really, you know, so, you know, simple math. Um, if you can achieve a higher rate of return... Uh, than your interest rate uh, financially, then you're better off taking that money and investing it. Now, I don't mean to ignore your student debt forever, uh, but find a balance. Something all of my clients will attest to is I'm a big believer in paying off debt. I've had people come to me with lots of money, wanting to invest it, but I know they have debt and, and I know they maybe, you know, personal situation, they have an issue with the debt or something come up. And I, I will encourage people to pay off sort of more debt than maybe some others in my industry would be. Now, it feels good to pay off debt and it can catch up to you in an unpleasant way. Mm-hmm. That being said, you wanna have your money work firm for you. So what basically is the same whether you have debt, student debt, uh, no debt, you need to have a plan. Uh, you wanna take your, your cash flow and your, your excess cash flow and you wanna create wealth with that as well as repay debt. So you want to look at your short-term goals, medium-term, and long-term goals. Hopefully, um, you know, with a, a professional, professional like consultant such as yourself, someone with experience, or a financial planner, and and allocate your your money appropriately into those sort of short, medium, and long-term buckets, and have debt repayment included in there where it makes sense with a person's plan. Mm-hmm. Generally, you can accomplish more than one thing at the same time. Right. So concurrently paying down the student debt and then starting some investment is a good idea. I guess it just builds healthy and good habits uh, long term. Is that correct? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's that the pay yourself first uh, philosophy. And I usually started that was, you know, who's the most important person in your life? Well, mm-hmm. you important person in your life. So who should be getting paid first? You know, you should be. <laughs> so take that money, uh, you know, for your for your goals and, and, and allocate that and invest it 
you know, with a proper asset allocation based on the goal that you're having and the goals that you have. And, um, you know, then you're going to have your, your expenses and, and your debt repayment in there as well. And what about, an, um, what about a professional that is out of debt, they've paid off their debt, they're lucky not to have any, they're making $80,000 a year to start. Um, what, how much of the $80,000 should they be investing? What would you advise them as far as a percentage or how should they go about uh, budgeting for that? Right. Well, um, what I do, I, I use this for all the financial plans that I create, is I like to overestimate expenses, underestimate income, and then I never budget every dollar. So again, you want to look. Um, when you have, you know, the situation you're describing me, no debt, uh, perhaps no kids, uh, things like that as well, then, you know, you sh you're going to have to be able to, you know, aggressively save. Um, I like to look at things as maybe a percentage of your free cash, cash flow. Um, and, you know, I don't want to just say numbers because everyone's different. I don't know. Maybe you have a big house. Maybe you take trips every year. Um, maybe you have two kids and, and you're going to be aggressively investing for their education instead of um, something that you have. So, you know, really, I just, I recommend that you, you have a plan. Um, you have a plan that is, is well thought out and it's, it's professionally designed. You're, you're testing it against, you know, the income tax and everything you can do there using the right things, tax-free savings accounts, RSPs. Um, you know, there's so many factors that there's not really a number that I can give. Um, but now there's, um, that brings me to, to one thing. There's a guy named, uh, and pardon if I can say this correctly or not, but, uh, he's Alfie Taylor and, um, he's down in the States and it's in the financial industry and, um, he's a great motivational speaker. And, um, he says little money gets little money. Big money gets big money. So if you want to have a big house, you want to have um, a luxurious sort of retirement or um, maybe not a retirement at this stage of your life, but the context we're talking about, but you know, lots of trips, lots of travels, a fancier office, that sort of thing, um, you're going to want to put a higher percentage um, of your excess cash flow towards achieving those goals. A hundred dollars a month is just you know that's twelve hundred dollars a year. It's it's not enough to create something um, huge. So if you yeah. want a legacy, you got big ambitions, save big money. Yeah, that makes sense. Now we've covered a lot of good topics uh, today. We have a lot of good information. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, and I'm going to leave your contact information below. So if they want to contact you directly, they can click on the links below in this podcast. But what would be their next step when they contact you? What could they expect? Yeah, so um, I would definitely say, um, so the first step is, well, you know, contacting me, you know, you can shoot me a text, email, social media, I'm, I'm all over. Um, but the, what happens after that is, is generally an interview. And, and I call it an interview, and it's, at first it seemed weird for me to call it an interview, but I've become much more comfortable with using that term. And, and the reason is, with 
you know, you have to not, I'm not going to be the advisor for everybody. You're not going to be the consultant for everybody. So um, you got to make sure that for one, we get along. Um, you know, you can ask me questions and, and see how I respond. Um, part of usually my introductory meetings does consist of a bit of a presentation, a slideshow, um, where I talk about sort of financial planning, the, the way I do things differently from others in the industry, and sort of what to expect from me, my promise. And the reason it's not just sort of an appointment and a user interview is, is I'm going to be interviewing you as well. Um, there's only so many hours in a day. And I really pride myself and my team really prides themselves in providing, you know, excellent service and really um, giving a, a true financial plan, looking at all the dimensions uh, for creating and maintaining wealth. And I'm going to be holding you accountable to the things that we made. So in order for me to provide that high level of service um, that really is hard to find, um, my clients have to be on board too. Um, I don't have the time to be chasing people constantly around and all that stuff. So I have to, we have to get along. Um, you have to be dedicated, um, committed at least to in the beginning, letting me know what sort of your situation is. I, I guess um, you know the best way I can kind of explain that would be use a situation when people kind of want to tell me about their their finances and they give me estimates. Um, I'll get, well, I, I roughly make this and I kind of owe anywhere between 20 and 30,000 and this is pretty important to me. And I say, okay, okay. Well, I guess you can retire sometime between the ages of 50 and 75. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's um, the, the, the amount of the amount of the amount of effort and, and disclosure that you're willing to to give to a, a professional service provider is going to translate tenfold into the service and the value um, that they can provide, provide back. Right. Um, you can give me your information, say this is what's important to me. And yeah, I'm going to help. And I got PDFs and fillable stuff and and I'll make it easy for you. Um, yeah, just to sort of a get to know each other. And then after we do that, I'm going to go and, and work with my, my team or my computer and um, provide some recommendations and, and get a bit of a plan made up. And then we'll have another meeting and I present my recommendations and hopefully we move forward from there. Well, that sounds good. We've been talking to Stephen timer he's a consultant at uh, ig wealth management Stephen, thank you so much for your time today and uh, answering these questions that frequently students and young professionals have as far as you know should they get insurance and should they start investing and when should they do that these are questions that come up over and over again and i want to thank you for um, answering those questions today and if you want to contact Stephen, please click on the link below um, and there's a phone number below as well. Just give them a call. You can get in touch with them and then he can work on a personalized plan with you. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much, Carrie Yerku. It's, it's a pleasure being on your show and talking with you today. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Stephen. Have a great day.